Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is week four of Rain and Rest. Let me do a quick recap. So week one, we decided we're not going without you, Lord, and this is so critical to our rest. We don't want to do anything outside of the presence of God. And then we started unpacking the Lord's Prayer, which is what we're doing over the next several weeks. And we started there with the first part of that prayer, which is our Father who is in heaven. Doesn't it feel absolutely amazing to know that you have a father who loves you, who's providing for you, who's watching over you and caring for you. And then the next part of that prayer is holy is your name. Holy is your name. And that was such a beautiful session with that song. I hope you caught that if you didn't go back and watch week three. And here we are in week four, your kingdom come. And I want to point out something that I pointed out last week. And that is in the beginning of the Lord's prayer, you'll notice that it is holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. These three weeks right here where we're saying holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Notice that what we're doing here, and this is the big part of today, is we are taking our life and we're not saying me, myself, and I. What we're doing is we're saying your, your name is holy, your will be done, your kingdom come. And so here we are today on your kingdom come. What is the kingdom of God? I think that most people I've talked to that are Christians and who love Jesus very much, most Christians cannot put their finger on what is the kingdom. In fact, the disciples asked Jesus, where is the kingdom? He was asked that question. And in Luke 17, 21, he said that the kingdom of God was within us. It wasn't necessarily another place. It's not necessarily limited to the gathering of church and gathering on Sunday mornings. It's, it's really not limited to that. The kingdom realm is the realm that you were invited into when you said yes to Jesus. I want to make this as clear as possible today. When you believed that Jesus Christ came, died for you, forgave your sins, rose again, gave you the authority to reign and rule on earth, you came into the belief that Jesus came to set you free. And when that happened and you repented of your sins, what happened was you were invited in that moment, you were transitioned into another realm. See, there's a natural realm. There's the realm of the world and the world system. And then there's a totally different realm called the kingdom of God. It's a different realm. I really want you to just let that sink into your spirit. It's a realm. And that realm is not like the world. It is not like the world system. The world system is you're in charge, take care of you. You make sure you become successful, make all the plans for your life. And if it works out, that's on you. If it doesn't work out, that's on you. And really the person that you can rely on and the only person you can rely on in the world system is you. It's all up to you. In fact, in the world system, you are the God of your own life. And so if we are Jesus lovers, and I know you are, and that's why you're listening to this video and watching this right now. If you are a lover of Jesus, I am telling you that there is a possibility that we are still loving Jesus, but living in the natural world, trying to 
dominate our own life, trying to make things work out, trying to be our own authority, trying to be so independent and successful within ourselves that we have this pressure that ends up turning into a lot of anxiety or irritability that we end up throwing on our family. We end up feeling like our life is up to us. Our success is up to us. And we love Jesus, but we're still the God of our own life. And so when we pray your kingdom come, what are we actually asking in that prayer? It's so powerful. And that's your assignment this week is to really land right on that revelation. Wait a minute, your kingdom come. So let's talk about that. The kingdom, what does this mean? It means the supreme and absolute authority of King Jesus. That means that he has supreme authority over all the earth and everything in it. I'm going to say that again. His kingdom realm is a realm where a king, our King Jesus, he is king and he is supreme and he is the final authority. He's our absolute authority over everything. He's the absolute authority over your business. He's the absolute authority over your finances. He is the supreme authority over your marriage. He's the authority over your future. He's the one that gets to have the first say, the last say. And yes, he wants to talk to you about it and he wants to collaborate with you. But at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, if we will take our lives and we will tuck it under a king, I want you to consider this. So there are actual countries that still operate as kingdoms. And this is totally foreign to me and probably foreign to you if you're an American. In America, we have a democracy, right? So I can buy my land, I can buy my home, I can buy my car. And when I do, I own these things. But when you go to a country that is set up as a kingdom, they have a king. And the king owns the land, the king owns everything. And we, as citizens of a kingdom, would just be stewarding what we don't own. We just have the opportunity and the honor of stewarding something that ultimately is not ours. It's not ours. Have you ever heard the statement, my life is not my own? All over the Bible, it talks about laying down your life. It talks about giving away your life so that you can actually live it. Lay your life down so that you can actually pick it up. These are the, these are the mysteries of the kingdom that says basically, tuck yourself behind a king and underneath a supreme authority. And that's actually when you get freedom. That's actually when you get life and life more abundantly. This is the realm, my friends, and exists within us. How does it exist within us? How is it on the inside? Well, only in my heart would God know if I am allowing him to sit on the throne of all the areas of my life. You wouldn't know that unless you see the fruit of my life and you might go, wow, Jenny, how in the world are things fruit? Like, how's this fruit coming out of your life? And I would go back and say, because it's, it's the King's life. It's not my own. And when I surrender and submit to a final authority, I might have opinions. I might have ways I want to do things, but I decide Okay, God, even though I don't understand what you're doing here or why you want it this way, or I don't like what it's going to cost me, and my flesh really doesn't want to do that. My flesh really doesn't want to lay down in that area. My flesh doesn't want to repent. It doesn't want to come to you in need. But your kingdom come, your will be done, your kingdom come. 
And so when we lay our lives down, when we lay our lives down and we say, Lord, you get to be the king of the outcome of my finances. You're the king of the outcome of the business idea that I have. You're the king over my dreams. I lay my dreams down, God. I lay them before you and I let you have the final say in those. I let you decide if it's going to stay or if it's going to go. Let me give you an example. A little over a year ago, my husband and I went into a serious pivot in life. We had built a business for over 20 years and it was so blessed and God gave it to us and he gave us the green light and he said, go for this. I'm going to bless you. And he certainly did. And then there came a moment when our company restructured and we no longer had a business and we could have freaked out. We could have been like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Because we think we're the God of this thing. And you know what? It was never our business in the first place. And because he really downloaded this to us and helped us understand that that business wasn't our source, that business wasn't our God. And it certainly wasn't ours to own. It was the King's. It was on loan to us. That was a business that was loaned to us for 20 years. And then guess what? The owner wanted it back. And so here you go, right? And we pivoted and we said, Lord King, our final authority, our, our supreme boss, you could say, really, I see him more as just a loving father. He's not a slave driver. He's not that, you know, that boss that we all kind of have trauma over, right? <laughs> the one that we're like, oh boy, I remember that boss. Everybody's got to have one of those just to get it under your belt and figure out how to, how to still be respectful. But all that to say, this loving father decided that my husband and I had a different future ahead of us. And so we said, all right, our life is not our own. Okay, Lord, here we go. Now that doesn't mean our flesh wasn't crying a little bit. It doesn't mean that I wasn't going, wait a minute, what is this going to look like? And I didn't necessarily agree with his new plans for us. But when we submit, that's when we come under authority. Submission isn't submission until we disagree with it. If I said to you, Hey, look at my kids. Look how obedient they are. I just told them to get in the car, get, the, get their coats on and their shoes on. And all five of them, they just did it the first time I asked. And then you said, yeah, but that's because you said we're going to ice cream, get in the car, right? I don't have to beg my kids to get their coat and their shoes on, to go outside, to get in the car when we're going for ice cream. That's not really submission. That's called something's in it for them. That's really exciting. But what about when I say, hey, kids, we're going to go outside and we're going to clean up the trash on the property here at headquarters. We're going to do some some work outside. I'm going to have to ask more than once. I'm just going to because they're kids. And when we get to a place where we have first time obedience is what we call it. FTO, first time obedience, where God says, hey, daughter, son, I have this for you. And even in the word of God, there's some things that he says, don't, don't go there. That's something that's going to hurt you. That's called sin. And our flesh wants to do it anyway. When we come under the divine rulership and the divine authority of our God, it's not because he's trying to take something from us. It's because he's trying to get something through us and to us, which is blessing and favor and provision and fruit. And so this week, what I want you to do is I want you to think about what John the Baptist said. He said this 
in Mark 1.15, and I'm going to read this to you. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So ladies, what would happen this week if you just said, Lord, I'm going to come under your divine rulership. I'm going to let you have the first say and the last say of my day. I'm going to wake up knowing that I'm not the God of my own life. And I'm going to come into a teachable place. I'm going to come into a kingdom realm where you've given me these children to steward, but they're ultimately not mine. So I'm going to parent today knowing that these aren't my kids, but I'm going to steward them well. I'm going to serve and love them the way that you've asked me to. What if financially today he is saying, this is what I want you to do with your finances. Maybe he's asking you to give a seed somewhere, sow a seed somewhere. And you're like, oh, wow, that's a big number, Lord. Maybe I'm not hearing you right. (laughs) Okay. But you're saying, hold on a minute. This isn't my money in the first place. A hundred percent of it's yours, not just 10%, not just 15, not just 20. But if you're asking me to give a seed in this area, God, I'm going to trust you because it's not even mine in the first place. It's not my money. These aren't my kids. This isn't my business. What would happen if you this week and today said, I am not the God of my own life. I am a daughter of a king. And I'm going to come under the rulership and the absolute authority of a king. That is what it means inwardly to live under the rulership of a king, of a good father. And I will say this before I pray for us. This whole thing is almost impossible for the person who doesn't believe that God is a good God. You know, the Bible says that when somebody comes in rulership or in leadership, that isn't very good at it, everybody groans. Like we've all had the boss. We've all had the leader that's like, ah, man, this is so tormenting to go to work every day, right? And so some of us might feel like that. We might feel like, oh man, really? I have to come under his rulership because we don't understand how loving he is how abundantly gracious he is and how he lavishes us with good things. That also means that he might ask us to count the cost. We might have to lay down an area of our life that we really like, but it's not advantageous to us anymore. It's something that's maybe okay, but it's expired. It was good last season, like our business and this next season on to the next thing. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's something that God's asking you to lay down today. And he's saying, can we lay this down? Will you lay this at the cross? Would you put it under my supreme authority so that I can give you more? Sometimes when we're holding our life so tightly, and that's what I'm seeing right now prophetically, we're holding our lives so tightly, like mine, mine, mine. We all know the two and three-year-old that does this. It's mine. It's mine. I don't want to share. But we come to a place where we decide, wait a minute wait a minute, when I open my hands and I hold my life loosely and I just know it's not mine in the first place, then what would happen if a good king is in rulership? Did you know that Jesus said that he wanted to come and rule as our king? And he wanted it to just be like that. He wanted a king to rule people inwardly. And the people begged for an actual king. And God was wanting himself to be the ruler. He wanted himself to be the king. And the people said, no, we need a physical king. And you know what? There was a lot of brutality that happened through evil kings. And it happened over and over and over again. And so King Jesus, 
He wants to be your king because he is good. He is kind. He is lovely. He is patient. He is a provider. He is a healer. He knows how to disconnect you from turmoil and discontentment. I really feel that word strongly, discontentment. And sometimes our discontentment comes because we're building our own plan and building our own life. So let me pray for us right now. And let's just commit this week. This is your assignment that you would wake up every morning and go to bed every night saying, you are the supreme ruler. Your kingdom come in my life and in my heart. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for bringing us to this place where we get to tuck ourselves in safety under your authority and that you are a father. We're not just a child at home with an absent father or an absent mother where we're having to figure out everything on our own and stressing and having to figure out how to have positive outcomes in life. But father, you want to show us fruit in every area of our life. But sometimes we are resisting your authority and we're trying to do it on our own and we're trying to own things that aren't ours. So right now, Father, I ask you for the grace and the mercy, the ability to let go. Let go of those things that we're holding so tightly and let go of any paradigms that are false about you and to really capture God and to really come under your majesty and your holiness, to come under your love to come under the goodness of your rulership. You are a good king and we love you and we let you have the final say in our life. Amen.